Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you are listening to episode number 67, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today, I'm talking to a good friend of mine about his first ever hunt, his transition from non-hunter to becoming a hunter, and what his hunting future holds. So stay tuned. All right, welcome back. You're listening to another episode of the Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. And all as always, and always, as always, man, words are tough to come by today, it seems like. Joined by Johnny Utah, my brother. What's going on? What's up, dude? How's it going out in PA? Oh, it's a grinder, man. You know, just living. <laughs> I think, what did you say the one day? L-I-V-N, living. Living so yeah, hard. Forgot. L-I-V-I-N. That's right. Did I just spell it wrong? I think I did. I think I spelled it. You might have shortened it. L-I-V-N. Yeah, I did. It wasn't on purpose. It was just complete brain fatigue on on my part. That's uh, 80s 80s slang. (laughs) Taking letters out, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That's when you got the mullet and you're rocking some like big tongue big tongue Nikes with a fishnet tank top t-shirt and a pair of uh, cut off jean shorts. Have you ever heard of a drink called L8? No, I haven't. So it's uh, bottled in Winchester, Kentucky, and it's kind of a mix between like, I mean, it's closer to like ginger ale, but I almost think it's like ginger ale and Mountain Dew almost kind of mixed together, you know? Okay, yeah. But um, it's like Kentucky sugar carbonated pond water. Um, <laughs> it's the only place I've ever seen it at is in Kentucky and maybe maybe Cincinnati, but... Right. If you're ever cruising around Kentucky, I encourage everybody to stop into a gas station and get an L8. Now, was one. that a key contributor to your to your sweet flowing locks of mullet back in the it day? It is. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's guaranteed to add two inches to your mullet every time you drink one. <laughs> oh man, that's where. Uh... The Kentucky Waterfall, grown by L8. The Kentucky Waterfall. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, dude. They're sweet, man. I had one. I started out like at, with, a, it was called like a ducktail. Yeah. I had one of those. And then when I got into uh, racing some motocross when I was a kid, uh, a lot of the big name riders all had mullets, but they had a perm in their mullet. Yeah. And I did that. So that was the only thing hanging out of your helmet. 
right you know was the curly locks and you know when i was younger um my hair was nowhere near as curly as it is now okay and of course i never had long hair in the back um until in the last couple of years and i started growing it out growing it out and i'm like holy crap like my hair like it's super curly like everything and my mom's like it was never that curly when you were a kid like what the heck so if i wanted to do you know the mullet i wouldn't have to do the perm now you know right right you could just you could just rock it au natural see whenever yeah dude like vidal sassoon <laughs> right so that so that little like you know mullet in the back with the curly hair i also refer to that as the uh, carlos santana cuz carlos yeah, yeah that's right he he, he rocked it he rocked it, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's got soul. So I mean, if, if it's dude, good enough, Santana's for... he's he's a man, dude. He slays the guitar, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I want to say it's all because of the mullet. I think he has very little music capabilities. I think it's all in his mullet. I think if you cut his mullet off, I think he couldn't play guitar anymore. That's what I'm saying. You're probably right. It's like Samson. His strength is in his hair. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nice. Well, moving on from uh, Vidal Sassoon, they're uh, soon going to be a sponsor of the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. If if anybody, an executive from Vidal Sassoon or any hair care products is listening, please contact Clint Campbell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think we'll move on to things we might know a little bit more about. And that, I think, at times might even be a, a, an arguable statement. But uh, let's talk about a little bit of prep, man. See what uh, what have you been up to out in the uh, out in the land of the Giants? Doing any doing any prep? Getting ready for the season? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, like I like turkeys, but I don't love turkeys. You know, I love right. deer. So um, as soon as turkey season was over, I'm like, all right, you know, it's deer season. Let's let's get fired up. And um, one of my one of my pro staff guys from uh, from the web show, Nate Holland. He lives in Wisconsin, and he's like, hey, I got a couple days off work. Do you need a hand with anything? And I'm like, dude, I'll never turn down a hand, you know? Like, oh, let's yeah. go. So he drove down, and and we uh, trimmed out uh, one set, uh, got got one uh, one set hung, and um, a double lone wolf set. It's killer, man. Maybe I, I might be 12 feet off the ground. Nice. Um, but I'm in a multi-stemmed um, oak and i'm in the back the back upright you know leader and the rest of them are kind of curved all funky and whatnot but uh dude it's just it's killer like the leaves can fall it doesn't matter i'm using all of the the clump of trees um you know to break up silhouette and and shoot in between them for my shooting lanes uh we also went ahead and cut in probably probably a good 85 80 85 yard path through the timber to kind of sneak in backdoor access, you know, to the, nice. to the set. So I don't have to cut across my food plot, you know, to, to get in there and, you know, get in and out each time. So I'm excited about it. Uh, what I wasn't excited about was I got home and, you know, whenever you're out hanging tree stands and your arms are kind of raked up and it's like, well, it's just from the trees, from the bark and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Reaching around the tree to hang the sets and, so I didn't really think nothing of it until I woke up the next morning and in those lines were a bunch of red bumps everywhere that oh. just itched like crazy. I'm like, this is the craziest thing, dude. I'm like, I haven't had poison ivy in like five years. What the heck is going on? Um, oh, yeah. Full blown taking nice. prednisone and 
Yeah. Spreading calamine lotion all over myself. You got the good stuff. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it was. If it was sumac, oak, you know, ivy, I, I have no clue. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that sucks. And man. that's the thing. Like, usually it used to be like a, you know, it was, it was a learned trait. Like, you get done hanging sets. You don't touch anything. You come inside, jump in the shower, and just scrub, 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 scrub. You know, and I've even right. got that super awesome tech new body wash that removes all that oil or whatever. But I haven't even thought about it for like five years because I haven't had poison ivy. It and some for whatever reason I'm now allergic to it again. I guess. Nice. Yeah, I've never been allergic to it. Fortunately, not. I'm gonna knock on some wood because I was actually climbing a tree last year, and my buddy was like, "Hey, he's like, you realize you crawl, you're climbing all over poison," and I was like, "Well, I've never got it to this point." And I was like, "So I guess this will be the true test as to whether or not I uh, actually get poison or not." And never got it. So I'm one of those lucky wow. bastards that doesn't get poison. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, when I was a kid, man, I used to get it real bad, and then, um the last five years or so I haven't had it. So, you know, and it's not like I haven't been exposed to it, you know, sometime in the last five years, but right. Well, that's the I thing. Don't know. Crazy. I, I thought maybe, you know, that was the thing. It was like, I, I wasn't ever sure if I got poisoned or not. Cause you know, as much as I grew up in the country and it's outside and hunting and stuff like that, it's like, you know, you're at some point in it just inevitably, you know? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So, but and that was like the test last year. Like I don't get poisoned to the point that I don't even know when I'm in it. Like I even still have a hard time, like even deciphering like the plant, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Cause it's just never been a thought for me to like, Oh, watch out. That's poison. It's like, Oh, I just walked right through hey, it. This shorts. could be a good tech tip moment right here. A little nexus. Um, so, I mean, I could describe exactly what poison oak, poison Ivy, poison sumac and all that stuff looks like. Right. What I will say is leaves of three, leave them be. If the leaves have jagged edges, there's a lot of weeds out there that have jagged edges that aren't poison ivy. Um, but a good rule of thumb, if there is some jagged edges and there's leaves of three and at any part of that, um, the stem or the stalk, whatever you want to call it, if it has a reddish tint to it, just stay away from it. There you go. Red, three leaves, jagged edges. Take a hike. Yep. Yep, just take a hike. Just just avoid it. Like I said, there's probably it's probably a 30-40% chance that it is poison ivy, but if you stay away from it, then you know you can't get it. And um yeah. And then obviously just you know, when you get out of the timber, um you know, wash everything. And anybody that's had poison ivy has probably figured out their own you know, method, but uh one of the things that people often forget about is like getting it on your shoelaces. Yeah. And then every time you go to tie your shoes, you end up touching something. And let's face it, here's the scenario. It's hot outside. You're drinking lots of water. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. this yeah. No, this ain't no good. Bingo. Oh, <laughs> miserable, dude. And when it's hot and humid, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. The- but, I mean, it, it, it's guaranteed it's going there. Right, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> now that we've got that nice mental image uh, working, working for us. We'll go ahead and, and shift gears to Calamine uh, Johnson. Calamine Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a like a character on the movie The Jerk. Calamine Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, we anybody listening that's allergic to poison ivy, 
We've all been there. Right, yeah. Exactly. It happens. The struggles of a whitetail hunter, you know? Right. We may not have to climb mountains, but we got to battle poison ivy. Right, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, so shifting gears anyway. Uh, I was, yep. So I was uh, at the jobby job, right? And uh, yeah. was thinking, you know, daydreaming as I do on my commute on the train, thinking about hunting, of course. It was, I don't know, I I mean, I'm sure you do this too. I'm sure everyone out there listening does this at some point, but you see like whenever there's like the Powerball, that's, you know, some ungodly amount of money that somebody's going to win. Now I sit there and daydream what I would do with that money if I, if I want it. Right. And I think everyone kind of goes that. So I'm curious, man, I wanted to talk, I wanted to like talk a little white tail, you know, on this upfront. Um, but I also wanted to talk about some shit that's just not even related to hunting. That's just like some thoughts that I had that I was like, I wonder what John thinks about this. And so that's what I, that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do with this is the segment called what does John think about this? Maybe it becomes a, a new, <laughs> what would John do? <laughs> yeah. What would John do? So if you won the yeah. lot, if you won the lotto, like, so you won yeah. the $350 million that you'll never spend before you're dead. Like, what are you doing? Uh, immediately. Oh yeah. I mean, Either Other way. than, you know, contact financial advisor and fake my own death and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, first thing would be humongous uh, tract of land. Um, and it's funny because I've thought about this. You know, yeah. that's why this is not like I'm, I'm just, you know, fr- shooting from the hip. I, I, I heard uh, you get I heard you get out like a notebook. Thoughts. I heard you get out a notebook yeah. so you can yeah. read off the things you've written down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, huge tract of land. And get a hold of some guys like like Don Higgins, Kevin Boyer, you know, guys like that. And just say, hey, you're on retainer for like 30 days. And bulldozers um, doing full-blown ponds and making a, a whitetail habitat palace. Um, start working on housing plans in the very most extreme uh corner of the property so that way you know my house is not interfering with uh, the whitetails habitat yep and then um uh tell the missus she can go ahead and buy her house in a subdivision and she can live there and i'll live at my place because we'll have to have two separate places you know yeah exactly if we had money yep um and then um you know it, it kind of goes back to that thing i've always said you know, being famous on Instagram, uh, and I and I'm quote quoting this. I actually stole this from somebody. Being famous on Instagram is like being rich Monopoly. Um, right. If I could be that millionaire that had thirty, forty Boone and Crockett's on the wall, and no one knew my name, I'm totally cool with it. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent, man. And I think the biggest thing about all that is, you know, we think about. Oh, and also, I'd probably buy the grave digger, one of the grave digger trucks. <laughs> I always wanted one of those. Nice. <laughs> um, but like, it all comes down to just. And excuse me, I've got the hiccups. I've had the hiccups for twenty four hours. It's driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> Hiccup, Calamine Johnson. Like, that's that's a that's oh, awesome that's ridiculous. Name. I think what it all comes down to is just peace of mind, stress free. Yeah. Not having to worry about bills, you know, we've all been in a situation where you're just, you're like, gosh, you know, the bills just keep coming. And if I had more money to do this and I don't know if it's a matter so much as 
I want nice things. I just don't want to have to worry about money ever again. Yeah. Like you imagine the, the peace of mind of not having to worry about that stuff anymore. I don't know what I would do during the day. You know what I mean? Like if um, I didn't have to, if I didn't have to worry about that, like just you know thinking about it, you know realistically, it's like if I took that away from my day, if I took worry out of my day, like what the hell would I do? Because that's like what yeah. you do from like the moment you get up. It's like you worry about like what's going to happen at work, what meetings or what do I have to do today, yeah. or what things do I need to get done by the end of the day? And then when I get home, it's like well. What things do I need to take care of whenever I, when I get home? Because I spend all day at work and I have a limited amount of time to take care of all my other responsibilities. It's like, it's just you know, it's the. I know that they say you know money can't buy happiness, but I sure as hell would like to try. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, l- yeah. l- l- let me have a crack at it. The people that say money can't buy happiness are broke. Yeah, exactly. It's like, or it's, they've never had any. Right. It's like the the guy who says, "Well, winning's not not everything." It's like spoken by the guy who lost. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. Yeah. 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 The guy that finished second all the time, you know, yeah. and, and I get it. And I think a lot of those, a lot of those phrases and a lot of those analogies, you know, are meant so people don't, you know, grind and, and harp on the fact that, you know, they didn't have enough money or they didn't yeah. win or yeah. whatever. It's like coping mechanisms. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. I understand all that. And I think there's a time and place for all that stuff. And I'm not faulting any of those people that came up with those things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, don't overthink it and just say, damn, it would be nice with some extra cash. You know, there's nobody that could honestly say say that, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's like, look, money, you know, quote unquote, doesn't buy buy happiness. It's like, look, if, if, if you're a dick, you're going to be a, and you get a bunch of money, you're just going to be a dick with a bunch of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, if nobody totally. likes you now, you're just going to be someone with a bunch of money that nobody likes that pretends to like yeah, you. Yeah, they're really going to not like you once they know you're looted. <laughs> right, right. You know? And they're going to pretend to like you only when you're around. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like one of those one of those types of deals. For me, man, it's like I would totally do the same thing. I would buy a big tract of land. I would actually become your neighbor in Iowa. So that would yeah. be the one place. Oh, it would be killer. Yeah. I would be, uh, I would be on my way there. I'd probably like to pick up a nice... Um, Fair, fair property in like Ohio because I do like I do love to hunt Ohio, uh-huh. um, and then I would look at something out west like Montana or something like that and sure. buy attractive land in Montana. And not necessarily that I'd have to buy a, a big chunk of land in Montana to hunt per se. It would just be a place. It would just be to have a place out there so I could go and spend plenty of time out there yeah. to do all the western hunting that I want to do. You know, so that would be kind of yep. the, that would be kind of the idea. And then I would. I don't know what I would do after that. You know, I'd buy some ridiculous stuff. Like maybe I'd buy like the second grave digger one and we could race since we're going to be neighbors, you know, I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. Too, you know, <laughs> well, if I get grave digger, you get Bigfoot. Okay. I'll get Bigfoot. That's cool. We'll do, we'll do that. Yep. You know, go kart races, you know, uh, yeah. Bigfoot yep. grave digger races. It'd, it'd be cool. So the next, oh, yeah. the next thing now that we've got, now we've bought our, our hunting property and this isn't related to necessarily yep. winning, winning the lottery. These are just things I was, I've been thinking about. Like I also daydream about like the dream hunts and this has been something that I've been kind of thinking about more often recently and more in a realistic sense, because as I had mentioned previously, it's like, I'm not doing the Montana hunt this year. It just isn't in the cards for me this year. Probably won't be doing it next year either because I'll, I should be able to draw my Iowa tag next year. So I'll be spending more time out in your neck of the woods next fall and probably not doing a Western, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big game hunt. So I started kind of thinking about, you know, as I'm getting itch for hunting season, like what type of, what type of dream hunts would I want to do, you know, quote unquote dream hunts, you know, they may be attainable, unattainable, whatever the case might be. 
Um, and for me, it was less about species and more about environment. Like I have this, yeah. I have mm-hmm. this hankering right now to to do some hunts that are going to be that are going to like test me, like be grueling physically, mentally. You know, just be tough, tough hunts um, with yep. maybe like a sidebar of 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 danger. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. There's just been this thing that I've oh, been kind yeah, of. Yeah thirsting for of you know like i want to do something i want to do a hunt that's extreme you know and i want to see like mm-hmm. how i how i stack up in it um so that's kind of yeah. my my dream hunt and i don't know if that's doing like you know mountain goats i don't know if that's doing like you know a grizzly archery hunt on like kodiak island or you know what what that hunt is necessarily but that's the thing that i'm kind of like looking for next i think and who knows if i ever get to do it maybe one day but that's kind of what i've been thinking about but you know what about you what's that for you um so you know i think as far as whitetails goes um every season i i'm chasing the the perfect hunt and i'll never obtain the perfect hunt i know that mm-hmm. and there'll always be some element that I'll, I'll want differently or i want to have happen differently so you know that's it's for outside of whitetails. Um, yeah, I could, I could kind of, you know, copy that from you. Um, I'd like to do the wall tent out somewhere for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme conditions, very challenging, whether it be heat or cold, mm-hmm. um, something, you know, I would like to test myself in those elements. Uh, the bigger picture, the bigger side of that is I want to be in a situation where I can unplug for two weeks. Oh, yeah. No cell phone, no emails, and to also not have the mental drag of what's going on back at the office. Yeah. Um, Man, I've been out here for two weeks. I need to get back to work because if I don't work, I don't have money. If I don't have money, I can't pay bills. Like, I want to immerse myself, you know, for two weeks and be in a position where I don't have to think about anything where it's just me and the wilderness. It's, it's me versus the animal. It's me versus my skill, um, and have it all come together. So I don't know that there's an animal per se, and maybe even the elements aren't even as important as I want to be able to do hunting like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, locally it's just, um, it's chasing the, chasing the ultimate, having the ultimate hunt, um, the perfect hunt. And like I said, it's, it's kind of like people say the game of golf, the reason why they keep going back is it's a sport you can never master. Right. And that's the way I see chasing whitetails. You can never master it. And that's what keeps me wanting to go every year yeah. to try, yeah. you know, that's a good, that's a good example, man. I like, I like that. Cause you're right. It's, uh, um, you're never going to, you're never going to do it the hundred percent the way, the, the way you want to any, any given time. Um, they tend to, yeah. they, they beat us more than we beat them. That's, that's for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, like last year when I was in Montana, oh, excuse me, when I was in Montana last year, it was killing me because, you know, it was in the back of my mind every second of every day. I'm like, gosh, I wonder how many emails have come in. Gosh, I'm going to have so much work to get caught up on when I get back, you know, cause it doesn't stop. Yeah. There's, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, there's nobody within my company that does what I do. Um, so it's not like, um, 
you know, and this isn't bashing anybody's job, you know, please don't let anybody take it that way. But if somebody takes a vacation and they, you know, somebody picks up their slack or somebody, you know, carries their, their shift or whatever, you know, where I work, I'm the only person that does it. So if it does, if I'm not doing it, it's not getting done, but it's not going away either. I still have to make up those hours when I come back. I still have to respond to those emails or whatever, or schedule those posts. Um, so the whole time I was there, every second, that was in the back of my mind. And that's one of the things that I say, I had a phenomenal hunt, but I didn't have the perfect hunt. Right. Yeah. Um, because point. I had that nagging stuff in the background and I'm a workaholic by nature. It's very hard for me to unplug. And I think the only way for me to unplug is if I was 110%, um, you know, in a different place. Yeah. Financially completely set, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that style of hunt might be something since we're both kind of looking for similar things. Maybe we should, uh, maybe that should be on our collective bucket list and we, uh, try to make one of those hunts happen. Cause that'd be rad. I'd be down with the, the wall yeah. tent and survival kind of scenario. So going to make a hard transition with, with no segue into the next question, which, no is, segue. which is completely unrelated to hunt hunting. I eat a lot. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I eat a lot of almond butter. I used to eat a lot of peanut butter. This is going completely off the rails. Um, okay. And I'm just curious, man, like, cause there's chunky peanut butter people and there's smooth peanut butter people. Which, yeah. which one are you? This might, like, we might determine how much longer we can be friends based on your response. (laughs) Uh, I'm a smooth peanut butter guy. Yes. Um, Talking about. I'm not, and I'm not going to say that chunky peanut butter isn't good. Yeah. Um, but no, man, I'm, I'm a smooth peanut butter guy. There's, there's things that are supposed to have chunks in it, I guess. And I have a hard time finding peanut butter is not. Like, I have a thing with chunks. Like, I can't do certain foods with certain textures. Like, marinara yeah. can't have can't have chunks of tomato in it. Like, I just can't do it, man. It's no, just... no. I don't like chunks of tomato in chili, marinara, no. none of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't do cottage cheese. Oh, now, cottage cheese, I can eat, like, a container of that shit. That's good stuff. Yeah, see, I, it's just something about the chunkiness, texture of it. Mm-hmm. I can't get the past. I'm thinking, ah, oh, it's just spoiled milk or something, you know? Right. Um. Yeah, kind of is palmetto or that palmetto cheese or palmetto cheese. Yeah, I can't do that either. Yeah, like any anything that ends in cheese, I'm a fan of, pretty much. Now, yeah, and nor- and normally I do. Um, I do love some cheeses, man. When I go to Wisconsin, oh my gosh, squeaky cheese, cheese curds, fried cheese curds. I don't care, love them all. There's this cheese called Vampire Slayer. You have to try it. I don't know. It, I think it's made Vampire it, Slayer. Yeah. It's is it made, hot? No, it's not hot at all. It has like some garlic in it. Um, okay. Hence the name Vampire Slayer. So that's Slayer. what they're slaying the vampires with, is I, the garlic? I think so. Um, but it's it's amazing. I think it's made by some creamery here in Pennsylvania. We, My wife and I found it when we were like dicking around like some small town in the Poconos, and we happened upon this creamery that made like ice cream and cheese. They had their own caves to age their cheese in and stuff like that, and it was crazy. I, 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 yeah. I learned a bunch about cheese that day. But so Yingling and uh, Vampire Slayer, Yingling, two greatest things to come out of PA. Pretty much, I mean, you can pretty much chalk it up to beer and cheese. You can hey, what's it. going on with the Sixers uh, coach? Did he have all these extra Twitter accounts or what? 
I, apparently he did. It was the, the GM, I guess. He had multiple Twitter. Oh, the GM, accounts. yeah, that's what yeah. it was. And I'm not 100% sure exactly what it was. I mean, I heard it on ESPN. I guess I was listening to Mike and, or, and Wingo in the morning or whatever that show is. And uh, they were talking I haven't gotten about it. all the story myself either. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what he said in order to get canned. You know, I don't know if he was making statements about players or or what the case was. You know, it didn't seem like I least... had bogus accounts just heckling people and, you know, saying stupid stuff or Yeah, I think it was more of that. I don't I didn't hear anything necessarily, you know, maybe he did something that was horrendous and I just didn't hear it, but like from what I heard, like it sounded like it was just kinda like you're kind of an idiot. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think he kind of got fired for being an idiot and making the Sixers yeah. look bad because they hired an idiot. I think that's really what yeah. it came down yeah. to. You know? So, Jeez. But, so another hard uh, segue here without segue, because um, we do yeah. have a cool show that I want to I wanna get to. Um, I wanted to just give you an opportunity because I know that we, I know that you made an announcement on, I believe it was Arrow wild. And then you're of course, social media platforms. And then I put out an announcement um, this past week about it, but uh, wicked is doing a pretty slamming giveaway that I think we should probably just kind of talk about here and make sure people are yeah. aware of. Yeah. Um, so we've got the wicked summer sweepstakes uh, going on right now on the wicked Instagram uh, there is a bit.ly link in the bio. Um, you can, there's a, like I said, the bit.ly link is to the landing page. Uh, but it's wickedtrigger.com forward slash sweepstakes dash two zero one eight slash. Uh, those are forward slashes, by the way. Um, you can enter this contest. I'll, I'll give the ways you can enter and then I'll give the, uh, the prizes. The ways that you can enter is you can enter one time uh, with an email address and be added to our newsletter. That gets you one entry. Um, The other way that you can enter from now until July 13th, any and every purchase that you make from Wicked Tree Gear's website, Tecamani Seeds website, or Glacier Coolers website is entered. Here's a hint. You could buy something every day and get an entry every day. Um, every time you order, you get an entry. So that's how you enter. What you're entering to win is the grand prize. Winner take all. You've got a Hunter Safety Systems harness. You've got two acres of Tecamani seed, a lone wolf tree stand, a ice tub, glacier, uh, ice tub cooler from Glacier Cooler. You get a uh, handsaw. And a Wicked Tough Pole Saw from Wicked. And the top, top prize is a free muzzleloader hunt, whitetail muzzleloader hunt at Whitetail Heaven Outfitters. Free range, no fences. The winner gets to choose between Kentucky, Indiana, or Ohio. Um, The winner has to buy their own hunting license, obviously. Um, But Wicked is also paying all your meals at the lodge, whatever lodge, whatever state you go to. Uh, the winner is responsible for their housing. There's tons of local hotels, you know, nearby, but it's a four night, three day hunt. Um, pretty friggin' spectacular. We're talking over 45,000 free range acres of land that they manage. Uh, so all said in total, we're talking over, over $5,500 value from the gear and the hunt. 
should be pretty awesome. Somebody's yeah. gonna somebody's gonna be smiling ear to ear. For sure, man. That's a uh, that's killer. And those dudes are super cool, man. I know that you introduced me to those cats out in uh, when we were at ATA. Super nice guys. Yeah. Run, run a, a first rate outfit. Um, you know, you you couldn't find a, a, a bunch of better hunters to spend some time with and and do a muzzleloader hunt. So everyone, be sure to enter. Um, you know, as as John had mentioned, every time you make a purchase, you get to ring the bell to have your name thrown in the hat to possibly win that hunt. And with that. Let's go ahead and take a quick minute to talk about our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, the longest, lastest, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment you have ever used. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth, how tough are they? And tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty. And right now, when you visit wickedtreegear.com, use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and get a 20% discount on your per- on your Wicked purchase. And that could also go toward possibly winning a killer hunt. We're also, brought exactly. to you, <laughs> we're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. The new Exodus Trek is a byproduct of all consumer voices who have been excited about the Exodus trail camera it has to offer, but just can't fit a $200 camera in their budget, and that is okay. A budget-friendly tra- uh, trail camera backed by the industry's leading warranty is now here. The Trek comes in at $145. It has the same proprietary shell design as the Lift Series cameras, same five-year warranty, unmatched customer service, 0.7-second trigger speed, photo, video, time-lapse, and hybrid modes all with a simple single line backlit LED display. You also get approximately 20,000 images on a set of lithium batteries. And if you'd like to learn more about Exodus trail cameras, check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. If you dig what you see, save yourself 20 bucks and use the promo code truth at checkout. Also be sure to get involved in their velvet fest giveaway, which uh, wicked tree gear is part of as well. Make sure you're tagging any of your social images with hashtag velvet fest to get entered. We're also brought to you by Tecamani Seed. Everything is bigger and better in Texas, no matter if you're in the South, Midwest, or Northeast. Tecamani has your food plot seed needs covered. Visit tecamani.com. Check out their product selector tool to help pick the right seed for your food plots. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save 20%. We're also brought to you by Glacier Coolers, simply the world's finest. Whether you're hunting, camping, or fishing, you'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. Promo code TRUTH. Save yourself 20%. We've got a cool show today. Uh, I have my buddy Trevor Navarra on. Uh, you guys probably heard him the last time he was on when we were talking about taking him on his first turkey hunt. This is part number two of that podcast series, talking to him now after he's become a hunter um, and talking to him just about his experience, what he thought of it, and what he thinks the future of hunting might hold for him. Without further ado, let's get Trevor. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. Today I am joined, well, so let me start off by saying a few weeks ago, I think it was podcast 59, I had a friend on who I was taking out for his first hunt, uh, first turkey hunt, first hunt ever. And uh, we we met with him to kind of talk about his feelings leading up to uh, his first uh outdoor outing if you will and today is part two of that i am joined by my good buddy steuben reynolds <laughs> steub how are you that's me <laughs> no I'm, I'm joined again by by trevor navarro my buddy that i that i used to work with talking a little uh turkey hunting kind of reliving the uh, the uh the day we went out and the day you uh became a hunter but before we jump into all the the fine details of that day how, how you been man What's new? Uh, what is new? Um, not a heck of a lot. Uh, you know, just having a few Dale's Pale Ales. 
Currently, yes. Pre- um, presently. Enjoying myself. Might be a little more talkative than uh, the first podcast. <laughs> a little a little social lubrication. We'll, we'll do that to you. Loose. <laughs> a little loose. Feel good. Looking very lumberjack-like today with your blue fan- flannel on. Very Paul Bunyan of that's, you. That's my, that's my go-to. You know, they're, they're comfortable. Yeah, they are comfortable. <laughs> nice. So let's just jump right in, man. So, you know, I know, you know, for those out there listening, you know, they, they listened to the first podcast and we, we kind of ran the gamut, you know, with kind of getting you, you ready and, you know, went from everything from, you know, you taking your license test and, you know, getting your first hunting license. And you know, we went shooting with, you know, you, Wilson and I, and then finally the day came to where we were hitting, hitting the timber. We went out and got you your camo. So you're all ready. I, I, donated some camo to you which i was my wife was super excited to get out of the closet because i my cup runneth over with with camo and and hunting gear so my wife was like what the hell is all this (laughs) right (laughs) nice it's a a new steuben babe new steuben but uh you know so i guess let's just start off man i'd love because we talked a little bit on the truck ride home after that um you know but not a ton of course because the day you know up early long long morning um, we both had kind of things to do in that afternoon. I think I actually had to come home and put insulation in my in my yeah. attic, you know. So um, it wasn't a lot like we had a, a a long time to really kind of catch up and kind of talk about the hunt and stuff like that. So this is really the first time we're really going to kind of discuss it. So I guess let's just start off with you know, give me your just overall kind of perspective on the on the experience in the day. Uh, it was a hell of an experience. Um, I mean, I'm not sure the last time I woke up that early. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, just from the start, we, I mean, it was an eerie-ass morning. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a crazy fog. I yeah. mean, it, it, the temperature was nice. Yeah. But I remember driving, you know, you, I mean, we were in some serious back roads. You were. Yeah. Speeding. Speeding. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was definitely like, so the anticipation of the hunt with, me scaring the shit out of yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, what? This is this is, this is is nuts. Um, so just, I mean, straight off the bat, it was like, what's going on? You couldn't see a damn thing. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to the house that we were we were going to hike out to, um, you know, Wilson wasn't there yet. So we're just, yep. it's both of us were like, I think this is where we are. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't see. We knew couldn't what the... Couldn't see a damn thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew the numbers, what the numbers were supposed to be on the mailbox, yeah. but it would have helped if we could see mailboxes. Yeah. You know, that was kind of how... It was a cool, eerie, eerie-ass morning. Like, that was probably one of the cooler... When I say cooler, not in terms of temperature, but cooler in terms of visual. It was one of the most eerie and really cool kind of visual mornings that I've had, especially turkey hunting. You know what I mean? Because that was just, the fog just added this extra element mm-hmm. of of nuance that it was really kind of picturesque, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, that's yeah. some some things that you, when you think about hunting, you're like, you, you know, I don't know if you've ever read any, but if you read any like outdoor writers and stuff like that, they do a really good job of painting, you know, using the, the theater of the mind and kind of painting and putting you in that, the scenario that they're in they can tell you about what they're smelling the the mist that they're feeling and you know and really kind of put you in that place and that was one of those mornings where it's like you could feel the fog on your face did you smell my fear i could smell your fear (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could smell your fear as we were walking through the woods (laughs) but i'm sorry i'm sorry to interrupt you so so go ahead so we kind of we kind of get there you know the fog's kind of laying in thick yeah so i mean we we get dressed we, you know, get um, cameras ready, gun ready. We're all ready. Um, 
And the first thing that Wilson says to me is like, all right, man, so you need to be stealth out there. And we didn't really talk about like what to do when you're there. He's like, first of all, you're going to be sitting down. Look with your eyes first, then turn your head. Right. So like right off the bat, I'm like, oh my God, I need to be a statue for like the next like seven hours. Right. <laughs> and it's hard, but I mean, he's, he's right to a degree. And it, it really, it, it comes down to, you know, and we had talked, you know, we had kind of explained this to him. We, you and I had talked about it and how well turkeys see, right? It's yeah, like yeah. They, they don't call them nervous turkeys for nothing. It's like they can see shit from a mile away, um, figuratively and maybe literally, depending on how much is between you and you and them. Um, so, and that's just kind of a rule of, of hunting. Like I follow that even whitetail hunting. It's like I've blown up my my spot and had missed opportunities at nice bucks because I turned with my head out of excitement yes. to see what that sound was behind me. Versus just kind of using my eyes to like take a peek real quick before I make any type of move. Right. You know? Well, yeah. But like, a new hunter, it's like you think I can't move at all. Yeah. And there's like, I'm an antsy person as is, you know, like I, I can't sit still. Right. You know? <laughs> You're as bad as my daughter. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. So, so right. we're getting ready to walk in the timber. We get all of our stuff ready. We get all dressed, ready to roll in. Wilson makes you nervous about how still you're going to have to sit. And and we start to walk in. So tell me about like the, the walk-in, because that was dark and we didn't use any light to get in. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. No light, pitch black, ton of fog, no idea where you're going. Yeah. And you just you're just walking and walking and walking and everything looks the same. Right. Because you've never been there. Right. You know? I mean only from the walk back we were like, oh, Right. <laughs> now I have some bearing where where we've been for the past seven hours. Right. Um, you know, I mean, so it's it. You know, obviously, like the distance from where the cars were uh, to the actual hunting spot seemed like an eternity. Right. You know, because again, I'm nervous as hell. Right. <laughs> right. Because I've never been decked out in full camo and while holding a gun. Right. So there's there's that ele- there's that element too. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Have you ever? ventured into the timber you know with like in in kind of pitch black with no light whatsoever have you ever done that i have but i hate it you hated it because (laughs) okay so for example my well i think we talked about this before i used to go up to the adirondacks when i was a kid when i was a kid right um and in the adirondacks and especially where we were there was a ton of bear okay and there's always bears in the woods and we're and i've been way too close to bear Right. Just as a child with right. my bike. Right. <laughs> so I got a good getaway. But like 
So I was always like very fearful of the woods. Right. At night. Right. Because straight up, because of that. Because, because of bears. Because of bears. Okay, you do you do know that they are more scared of you than you are of them, right? Now when they're like going after like when they <laughs> this is notorious. Like we 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 camped by a a, a restaurant and every Friday night you knew because they were serving a fish fry. Oh, man. That the dumpsters were going to be rocking. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't homeless people. <laughs> no. Straight up bear. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't homeless whoopee, if you will. It was It was bears. All right. So so we get in there, right? The walk-in, pitch black. Um, you know, that's just something. It's one of those things, and I'll be honest with you, you know, um, anytime you walk into a new place, you know, you there's always this, just a little trepidation because you don't know where you're going 100%. Like, I remember whenever I was you know, hunting, you know, in Ohio, the, the first time on this piece of public ground that I was, I was hunting on, I had never, I'd been there only in the daylight once and it was in the summer. So everything looks completely different because there's all the green on the trees. Right. And so when you walk in in November, it's a drastically different place. And so it looked like a completely different world when you walk in and all the landmarks that I thought I knew were now different. And I walked in in the dark got turned around and it's you know to be honest with you there's been moments and there's been times where i've walked into some new places even though i've hunted you know since i was a kid and stuff like that that you get a little unnerved you know what i mean because more than anything i think your brain just wants to sort things out you yeah, know what i mean yeah. more than anything you know what i mean it's like you just want to have some type of reference you know what i mean and then you're and then you're fine you know it's not even so much that you're lost because that's not really the case it's more of just like my brain can't tell direction right now because it's so you know because it's so dark or it's so foggy or it's so you know whatever the case is that my brain just needs to see something it's like mm-hmm. i was listening to a guy talk about um he does some of these stunts i'll call them stunts but he, he he does these things where he puts himself in real life like danger situations to try to get out of right and one of them was and he does it in a sometimes he does it in a suit and this one he specifically did in a suit an avalanche suit to to live through an avalanche and try to understand what your brain goes through screw loose man right yeah tell me about it but what your brain goes through as you're kind of like trapped and caught in like a you know a dire situation and he was just saying with the avalanche like everything's dark your brain doesn't know what is up or what is down or what's left what's right and it's really just you're freaking out more than anything because you have no sense of reality to grab a hold of you should have watched that episode of macgyver right yeah but what he did was is he ended up seeing a drop of water yeah. as his body heat was melting snow and saw which way the water dropped. And then that told him, you know, based on gravity, which way up was. So now, and then he said once that moment happened that he was able to kind of like contextualize direction, he all of a sudden calmed down and was like, and was okay, like was calm. And, you know, they rescued him, they got him out of there. He ended up being in there for like 30 some minutes or something like that before they pulled him out. But once his brain had like something to grab a hold of, like everything else kind of started falling in order. Yeah. So that's interesting that you had a similar experience just walking into the woods, and it's no, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because I mean? that's that's kind of part of it, and part of it too is just like I still get like this anxiety and this excitement when I walk in, you know what I mean? Oh, and there just, was crazy excitement. My heart yeah. was pounding. Yeah. So tell me about that a little bit. So like when you're walking in, like aside from just like having sent, you know, I guess sensor you know deprivation or whatever the case might be right um what was your kind of like feelings like as you're walking in like your emotions aside from like the anxiety and a little bit of like what the hell's going on excitement fear i mean anxiety through the roof just because 
I have no idea what's going on. You right. know? And eventually we've settled on the, the spot or the first spot, set up the decoys. Um, you know, Wilson's like, you sit here. Right. Um, you know, cause he'd already actually kind of made a bit of a blind for us. Yep. Um, so before you know it, we're just like back to back on a tree behind a little blind, you know, staring at some decoys. Yep. And I was like, Oh shit, this is it. <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I see yeah. the decoys. Yeah. And it's still pitch black. You're right. You know, it's dark as hell. Yeah. And so, I mean, we did hear a bird early in the morning off to the, you know, the, the left of us. I'm not even sure in terms of direction if it was the north or the south. Um, and the bird was just a little too far, far to work, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'm not sure if you heard it. I know we talked about it afterwards a little bit. But there was a hen that was messing around down below us mm-hmm. that acted like she might want to come in. And for a moment there was, you know, I know Wilson had thought, you know, maybe if there's a hen, there might be a gobbler nearby or whatever. Maybe just not. Maybe he's just not talking. Um, but to no avail, she never showed herself either. You know, of course, there wasn't a gobbler with her either. But then we did have a little bit of wildlife activity, which was cool. You know, I saw him. I wasn't sure that you had seen him at first, but that little fox kind of like hung out with us for a little while. I only had seen it. I, I saw him one time. Yeah. But you said he came by a couple times. Yeah, I saw him the same second time. He just kind of showed his head. Just kind of what the hell. He saw us immediately. Yeah. He saw, he just, he saw us and then split. Yeah, but then he came back again, did the exact same thing. Like, oh, you guys are still here, right? I'm out, right? And that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever have you ever been like, I guess, in the outdoors like that and just kind of watched, you know, you know, the wildlife do their wildlife things, or was that the first time you've seen something kind of like really creep in, like not knowing that you were there at first, right? Because it's there's a difference between like when we see animals like in suburb kind of settings where yeah. they get. Where they get a little desensitized to like human activity and stuff like that, and they'll kind of yeah. come out in close to you or whatever. But this guy was, you know, not that. Like he was, he thought he was going to get an easy meal. Totally. He no, he I heard mean, the calling and thought like, hey, there's there's some turkeys up here I might be able to pounce on. I mean, I've I, I've backpacked for weeks. I've you know done plenty of hikes, so I've been in the woods. But I always feel like I'm moving. Right. You know, I've never sat in one place and just like observed observed and consumed like everything around me right and it was loud as hell right you know like birds are like eventually they become you become they become used to you so they're just right. squawking away everything is just like rough you know rustling and everything is going around about you and it was it was it was a trip i i thought it was going to be like just like silence right but like there was so much commotion that was the thing that kind of struck me when, because when I had said something to you as we were walking out, and you said exactly what you just stated, which was, you know, I couldn't believe how loud the woods were. Yeah, you know, um, which was interesting to me because, you know, it is, but you know, when you're in it so often, I guess it's like you start to forget about it, right? Like because you're you're in it, just becomes part of what you do, and it just it's you're used to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even think of that at all until you'd mentioned you were like, man, that is super loud in there. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? You're right. Because whenever you listen back to anything that you film in the in the woods and you listen back to it, the first thing you notice is like, man, there's all kinds of like birds and noise and whatever the case is. But when you're in it, it's like you just it's like you, I guess you kind of take it for granted a little bit. Right. Yeah, totally. And you know? because you're just sitting. Yeah. You really have nothing to do but like observe and just like yep. listen. 
Whereas if you're hiking, you know, it's like one foot in front of the other, you know, don't trip, don't fall, don't, you know. Right. So I'm curious. I know we talked a little bit afterwards, you know, we, we traded a couple of text messages and, and stuff like that the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I know that you had, had told people that you were going on your first hunt and, uh, you know, family members, whatever, whatever the case might be. So, you know, what was, now that you've gone on, have you talked to anyone since you've gone and said, yeah, you've gone and, and, and you've done a hunt and kind of talked about the experience with folks afterwards and like, what was their reaction to you kind of, you know, taking that step and, you know, becoming a hunter for the first time? They were interested, you know, they yeah. were totally like, they, I mean, they were asking a ton of questions. Really? Cool. Yeah. Like, well, like, just, like what? I mean, specifics, like what, what, like, like, what'd you do? Like, right. You know, like, I mean, like, what is it, to, what does it take? What, what mm-hmm. do you do? What does, how do you, again, how do you turkey hunt? Right. I didn't know. Now I do. Right. <laughs> I didn't know. Now I do. You know? Right. Um, that's interesting. So what was, what was the, the most interesting question that, that you got that people wanted to know about the experience? Oh boy. Um, putting you on the spot. Yeah. Was it, was it any of our, or any of my former, your current coworkers? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That's what I- um, you know, it was, I don't know if it was like, if it was, if it was one of their questions, but it was just like, I mean, I just started just kind of rambling, Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like just funny things that, that I picked up on right? Um, and, you know, just like interactions with us. Right. <laughs> like, like the, all right. So we're, we probably got to the spot, like what, like five, five thirty maybe. Yeah, so, something. It was probably pretty close to five. It was. It was. It was yeah. early. Yeah. Okay. So five. So probably by like seven. Like it's you know it's still it, it was actually still kind of dark, um you know y- your ass is numb. Oh man, yeah. Those pads weren't doing us any favors, and no. then and then Wilson and, and Alden are, are sitting over there in their sweet smooth seats that yeah. they got the fold out chair, like the fold out old man turkey chair. Yeah, I was a little jealous. Yeah. So we're like. You know, like we're we're just like we're sitting there. Our asses are numb. They're not wet, which is nice. Yeah, that was a positive. And I'm like still like sitting there like a ninja. It's like <laughs> not moving. And like that's uncomfortable, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I'm thinking like I can't stretch my legs. Yeah. I can't. I can't do anything. I just need to sit here like a effing statue. Right. <laughs> it- and then I did take an Instagram story of you taking a look. Well, yeah, yeah. So, because, so, yeah. So, the problem was, was like, all right. So, like, I'm maybe we're two hours in and I'm uncomfortable as hell. And I think I was like, I was like, Clint, what time is it? And you're like, it's eight o'clock. And I'm like, shit. We have four more hours. <laughs> and I, I got to take a leak. <laughs> I was like, I got to piss. And you're like, just go, man. And I'm yeah. like. Oh, really? Yeah, we didn't cover that no. in advance. <laughs> we didn't cover that in advance. Because probably from 7 to 8, all I could think about is how much I had to piss. <laughs> so like, there was at least an hour of just misery. I'm just like, this. I can't make this. I'm yeah. Like, I'm not thinking about the hunt at all. I'm just thinking about my bladder, how big it's getting. You know, right. Like, oh, this it's, like, is- man, it's going to be really embarrassing when I piss my pants in front of these guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't cover that one because there's like a... With deer hunting, there's there's a there's a group of guys. There's like two rules or schools of thought 
if you will, when it comes to urination while hunting, especially deer hunting. Turkey hunting, not so much, right? So there are guys that follow, uh, that are in the camp of won't piss out of their tree stand and they'll take a bottle and they'll piss in the bottle and keep it in their tree stand with them. And I used to follow that rule. That used to be me. They've done studies where they've had, you know, um, used human urine to see if there was any deer were, you know, uh, staying away from an area if, if a human urinated in, in, in a spot. And that's just is, is bogus. It, it's not the case. Um, so, but some guys still don't, don't believe that, right? They right. still think that, you know, human urine will, de- will deter a deer from passing through. They will wind you in that regard. But studies prove that to be, to be false. The other camp of guys is that you just let it fly from the tree stand, right? So that's now what I do. But there's a definite line like, so, you know, for anyone out there who's listening that's from Pennsylvania, there's a definitely a yin's and yun's line in PA where if you're from out around Pittsburgh, right, you say yin's. What are yin's doing, right? <laughs> if, if you're from like this side of Lancaster, it's what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. So it's the yin's and yu's line, right? Um it's kind of the same thing with the tree stand. It's like the the pissers and non-pissers out of, yeah. out of the tree stand. Now, if you got a deuce, that's a whole other like some dudes will just let it rip from the tree stand. You know what I mean? Like anchors away, 25 foot drop, you know. Some guys will get out of the tree stand. I'm a get out of the tree stand kind of guy. Yeah, that, yeah. You know what I mean? That's That sounds about right. That's kind of my MO, but you know, as I'm thinking about it, getting a little older, getting a little less <laughs> little concerned with my you know what others may think of my actions you know given the opportunity now i might drop deuce out of a tree stand <laughs> i'd maybe do that i would have to think long and hard about it depend on how badly i have to go i think you know because you don't want to go while you're going down the tree because that just that wouldn't be good and ruin your day just pack some toilet paper oh man i <laughs> I have it in my truck right now. I carry it with me like at all times. It's there's some in the console. It's been a Boy Scout. Not even. <laughs> it's just I w- when I went to Montana this year, I shit in the woods for two weeks straight. Yeah. And so and and so it just became like a normal thing for me, to where it's like my buddy Chad I was hunting with in Ohio. It was like every day we'd come back to camp. It's like I would, I would deuce in the woods like twice a day. Even if I had somewhere to go, I'd just go in the woods because I was just kind of used to doing it. It was like it just be it was like three weeks of my life I, I I went to the bathroom in the woods. You know what I mean? So when I came home after all those trips, it was I was like, this is what it feels like when people got plumbing for the first time. I was like, this is awesome. Hallelujah! You know? Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, this is great. I have something to sit on. It's not tree bark. My toilet paper's not kind of wet. If I run out, I don't have to use a leaf. I can just get more toilet paper. You know, it's wow. Yeah, I, people, we've Taking gone off. We, yeah, we've gone off the rails here a little bit. We've got like people tuning out left and right. These guys talking about <laughs> pooping out of tree stands. <laughs> but so let's get back to the the, the topic at hand here because there was a couple things I wanted to ask you. You know about about the hunt. So we covered you know a little bit of the, the conversation that you had had with people. So I mean, so overall their reaction was like that's cool and they were supportive of it for the most part. Did you have anyone who had like a negative reaction to the idea that you were going to hunt or did did hunt? No, 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 definitely not. No, everyone cool. was just definitely like, wow, that, you know, Jeff fun. Absolutely. Nice. I mean, it was just, there was a lot of, it was a lot of just that, you know. Nice. That's cool. So what, you know, what was your, you know, if you had to boil it down to just like a moment and, and unfortunately we didn't see a, see a bird. Right. And we ended up moving two times. Mm-hmm. Right. To try to, to try to you know locate some birds and made it, made a couple moves and stuff like that. 
Um, but if you had to pick like one thing that stuck out to you as like your you know, like favorite moment of, of the day, you know, or the whole experience, it wouldn't even have to be that it could be when we went to shoot, you know, shooting guns or whatever the case is. But like, if you had to pick like one moment where you were like, this is like the thing that I'll probably take away as like the, my favorite part of, of this experience, what would that one thing be? Before we continue our conversation, let's talk about Wicked Tree Gear saws. Hardcore deer hunters need hardcore tools. Do yourself a favor and check out Wicked Tree Gear, the toughest hand saws and pull saws on earth. You buy it once, you buy it for life, backed by a lifetime guarantee. Right now, if you use the promo code TRUTH, you'll save 20% on your next purchase with free ground shipping. So head over to wickedtreegear.com and get a saw that's tough enough to work as hard as you hunt. I mean, there, I think there's a, there's a couple moments and then there's a couple thoughts. Like one of the moments was, again, while it's getting the sun is rising the fog is lifting that kind of moment where you know everything just kind of becomes clear and everything's in focus mm-hmm. was super cool right because yeah. you don't see that very often right um so that moment was really neat another thought i had was it was kind of at the end of the hunt you know we were going to about noon and i just thought to myself like holy shit you haven't looked at a screen, whether it be a computer or your phone mm-hmm. or a television, in like in like seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. And that's a full work day, you know? right? Yeah. And I stared at a computer screen all day. Yeah. You know, I don't remember the last time I went that long without you know, other than sleeping. Right. Where there was no technology. Right. And you're literally just in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, like today and like, you know, like today's world, you know how like, I mean, I'm the same. Like I'm like, you become kind of addicted to this technology. So it was a really nice escape. And I really like appreciated that. And I, and, and that was something that I took away. I was like, I'd like to, if it's not hunting, it should definitely be like, I need to like turn it off, enjoy right. nature, just get out and just like, don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was awesome. That was like that was one of the biggest takeaways, um, you know. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't hear or, or you know well we did hear but we didn't see a bird. Um, but that wasn't I mean that wasn't I mean, I didn't care right you know it was still just like the whole act of it. Um, it was just um, it was it was it was a surreal experience just because I'd, I'd never done it before and it was just it was completely new and it was it was awesome. Yeah. So it's it's cool that you mentioned the the screen thing because that to me is one of one of the reasons why i was really excited to take you hunting right so selfishly right because there's there's part of this that you know i was introducing a new hunter you know to to the outdoors in a different way um sharing some experiences as i hold that i hold really valuable and and that are really meaningful to me and wanting to share them with someone who's a a friend of mine and, and stuff like that which was you know really cool Um, but the other part of it too was, is that I knew just in in knowing you that those deeper, more meaningful experiences would be the thing that would, that would kind of draw you in, that it wasn't so much like the pulling of the trigger or the, the harvesting of an animal or whatever. Although I would have loved to, to had that happen and hopefully we'll make that happen at, at, at some point. But I knew that just your personality and how you appreciate things that if I, if you would just experience some of those, like 
small moments, right? As small as they might be in the grand scheme of things, man, they are giant. Yeah. They're huge. You know what I mean? And I knew that if you would experience that, that you would, you would get the, you would take away the right things and the right, and the right message. Yeah. You know? Um, Cause we talked about that as we were leaving the woods, like the whole, like not looking at a screen and, that's one of my favorite parts of it, you know, uh, truthfully. Um, but I also start to take those things for granted because I go so often. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't go often enough. You know what I mean? I'd love to hunt more than I do. But, you know, I hunt more than a lot of folks do. And I'm happy that I get to do that with the amount of vacation time I have and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not going to not gonna bitch about that. But, you know, at some point we start to take it. We start to take for granted the listening to all the sounds that you were listening to, taking in for the first time. Yeah. You know, watching the fog burn off in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, that is one of my favorite, absolute favorite things about a hunt. Like, you know, hopefully some point I'll, I'll get you in a tree stand with me. You know what I mean? And we'll, you know, do a deer hunt together, whether you're hunting or just kind of coming to film or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like watching the forest wake up from like 20 to 25 feet in the air and just watching the fog lift off, you know, and the sun start to peek through all those, you know, leaves that are changing colors. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's, it's unreal. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where you just sit there and think like, man, the only people who get to see this are, are, are like are bow hunters, you know, not saying only bow hunters because plenty of gun hunters do too. But like in that moment, I'm hunting with a bow and I'm like, man, the only people that are seeing this right now probably are bow hunters. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's not a hunter and isn't out in the timber at this time of day or this time of the morning watching this man, like they are missing out. And they, there are people that will go their entire life and never see that. Yeah. You know, and that's other than like, in a movie or in a magazine or a picture of it somewhere or whatever, but like to watch it happen for real, it's like, that's incredible and it's powerful, you know? Yeah. And it was just some little corner of the woods, you know, it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything, you know, unique or extravagant about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just, there's lots of it out there for anyone to go, you know, take part in, which is, which is the cool part. Um, so now that we kind of talk about the, your, your most favorite, favorite parts i think those are like two super cool you know parts that you that you took away as your you know most favorite moment so what would be your least favorite part because there's all i always have a least favorite part of the hunt i enjoy the entire aspect of it but there's always like a moment where i'm like yeah i could have did without that (laughs) you know what i mean i mean it was it was was probably it was the physical aspects right it was hard to sit still right (laughs) for so long (laughs) right (laughs) I mean, especially like, you know, those mats did nothing. Yeah. Except keep our Dude, once we got those turkey chairs from Wilson, once we got those. Game changer. Game changer, dude. I fell asleep. was like catching flies on that last set. I'm not going to lie to you. I I was like, I was fighting it for a second there. And that's a funny, that that was another funny thought I had. It was like, you know, like you're, you're so comfortable and and it's so peaceful and it's so nice out there. The weather, I mean, we couldn't have had better weather as far as, like, the temperature. It was amazing. Like yeah. It was so comfortable. And, like, you're just kind of, like, getting so relaxed in those chairs. And all of a sudden, I just find myself, like, kind of kind kind of, of dozing. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? And, and, like, you know, you doze. And then you, like, wake up. And you're like, oh. And you're like, what am I? What am I doing here? What's going on? I'm holding a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that split second of confusion. Right. Like, oh, right. Oh, right. Cool. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Speaking of like the peaceful aspect of it, like when's the last time that you just like nonchalantly dozed off with that like that much like peace? Dude, I got two young kids. Right. Never. <laughs> Shit doesn't happen, that does it? That does not happen. 
No. No. Ever. I cannot, I, I cannot remember. I cannot remember the last time that happened. Yeah. So that's like, that's one of the things. I mean, to me, that just kind of points to the fact that like, like your brain, like we need that. Like that's something that the body craves is that like ability to just reconnect with a simpler, like more primal existence to where it's like you really had like two initiatives or two goals. One was to try to harvest the animal. The other one, and this is being a little bit dramatic, but survive. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're breaking it down in a caveman talk here, it's like you want to get food and you want to live. Like those are the two things, right? And I feel like when we hit the woods, it's like for me, it's like when I hit the timber. Like it happened to me the other day. I was out, I was out uh, pulling camera cards at my dad's property, and I was by myself. It was pissing rain all over me. I had rain gear on, so I was relatively dry except for my feet. Damn it! And I'm just kind of walking through the timber, and like as I'm walking through grabbing these camera cards, it's just like all of a sudden I just felt like this complete like relax. Like I was there was no like anxiety. There was no, um, you know, judgment. There was no wondering if I'm doing something right or wrong. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was none of that. It just, I felt like I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it was like, even though I wasn't hunting necessarily, it was just like having fresh air and listening to the rain hit the ground and being wet. And even though I was wet and like you sometimes are miserable, it's like I kind of, I've learned to now kind of embrace like the uncomfortable moments like in the outdoors um because you're never going to have perfect weather right you're always going to have a sore ass yeah you're always going to have to sit kind of still you're always going to you know sometimes be cold you're going to be wet you know it's going to be damp you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. all those all those things are always going to be present in one way shape or form it might be hot as shit and you might be sweating you know what i mean it's like and you just kind of have to like if you just stop thinking about your comfort in mm-hmm. terms of context of of the world that we live in day to day, like that's not real life. Like in, in my opinion, like that's not real world. Like that's that's fake world. That's fake world that we live in because we've created all these things and constructs that we have to live within, and we have to make certain amounts of money to, to live to pay for certain amenities and all these things. Right? To me, it's like all those things that you're experiencing in, in nature, like those are the real things. Those are the things that the way it was meant to be, and. And once I kind of started thinking of it in that way, all of a sudden it's like I have like those things bother me way less because I, I, I understand like this is how I'm supposed to feel mm-hmm. like the other way sitting in an air conditioned house, even though it's nice. Right. That's not how my body was made like to to have that. Right. It was made to exist without it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I start to think about those things when I get in, into the timber and man, it's just like this wash comes over me and. I don't know how to how to explain it, but it's just like I don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I always get a little sad, you know, when I have to leave, and I get the fuckets <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, damn it, why do I gotta have like a normal life? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> why can't I just be in the woods? You know? Yeah. But you know, and look, you know, I'm not complaining about my my situation at all. Like, I, you know, I like my you know my family and my home and and all those things, but. I guess I'm just talking more to like the point that there's there's something like deeper in people if they just let themselves experience it, right? That better connects them to the world around them if they just give themselves 15 minutes to be uncomfortable and be okay with it. Yeah. You know, 
I got deep and weird. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's the truth, man. Yeah. Except when you really got a piss. So yeah, when that happens, it's like you know. <laughs> then I'm like, all right, I need like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen here. So you know, couple beers in, um, kept you here for a little while. Um, I want to ask you, you know, this is the big question. After all the stuff you know that you've kind of experienced and and, and the hunt and leading up to, actually, two questions, two things. So, how did you feel? Did you feel, you know, did you feel any sense of, you know, camaraderie or like part of a group or anything like that during this whole process? Like, did you feel like, you know, because hunting is a big, um, in, in a lot of cases, especially in Pennsylvania, the way I grew up, like hunting, we always kind of hunted in, in groups to a degree. And there was always like a hunting camp or something like that. And so there was always this like, and fraternity is not the right word necessarily because I was always the younger. It was mm-hmm. like my, my dad and maybe my grandpa and my uncles and stuff like that. But it was like you're hanging out with the guys and it didn't matter how like, like you had some differences about like how you maybe lived or whatever. But there was this common bond that you had as hunters mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, was an overriding factor for for everything yeah right so i was just curious if you had a sense of like even in that like brief moment of like you know us shooting guns together with me you and wilson and going on the hunt so like that did you start to get a sense of like you know a brotherhood of like how how hunting kind of works that way or was that kind of absent no definitely not because you know it was it was you wilson and wilson's buddy mm-hmm. and I was the only one with a gun. Yeah. So it was definitely, I definitely like, I mean, there was definitely a moment where I was like, wow, like these guys, like, like this is for me almost, you know, and I felt like a really like, I mean, like you, but you've taken me under your wing this whole time and kind of, you know, kind of been, you know, preaching the gospel. Right. (laughs) What else do I do? (laughs) You know, and 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 in the sense, I've kind of, I've, I've, you know, drank the Kool Aid, right? Um, but like, I definitely had that moment early on, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, this is like, like I'm the one who could really kill anything right now, you right. know? Like, and like that, that was like, that was a moment where I was like, "These guys, these they, they they don't want me to, they don't care if I kill something or not. They want they're they're backing me up. Yep, they're helping to call in the turkey." Yeah. You know, they're the ones helping me to have this experience. Yeah. You know, and it's and I think like I said in the first one, it's all about this new experience. And it and it, and it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. You know. So it's it's all about that brotherhood. It's all like there's no way I could have done that by myself because I yeah. don't know what I'm doing and you guys you guys do. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that 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 you kind of thought of that in in the moment because you oh, know, early on, I was like, yeah. "This is, this is, this is special." Yeah, like, you, you guys are nice. You guys are nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, hunters, you know, uh, look in every group, you have different different types, right? Yeah. It's like you you have guys that are like the guys that you know, I you know uh, that that we went out with and stuff like that, which are just salt of the earth, like good people that would. <laughs> Would, such good people would, that would do anything for you you know what i mean and then you know just like anything else you have the they have the opposite side of that, that there's a few bad apples but by and large you know the hunting community is kind of, is kind of like that you know because um you know i the, the the two takeaways is one that yes everyone was there 
for you to have that that experience you know that that was 100 percent true the other part was is it wasn't there to help you necessarily whether no one cared whether or not you killed a turkey you know um and and part of that is is like i guess like you know in that moment yes it was about you having that experience but the other takeaway really is is that it's because it's not necessarily always a, it's not about that mm-hmm. you know what yeah, I mean? yeah you know it's that you know walking into the timber with a gun you yeah know, i didn't get a turkey yeah like and i and i appreciate all of that now you yeah. know it's like it doesn't doesn't matter yeah it's about it's about those times will come when you put your time in you know and it's you know you, you hunt you know long enough or whatever whatever species it is or whatever it's you know eventually it comes to fruition as long as you just kind of keep grinding away and stuff like that but you know when you can go out and not take a gun you know and not have any chance of harvest right because hunting when people think of hunting they think it's you're going out to harvest something yes i mean that's kind of that's kind of the goal right there's a lot of different approaches and a lot of different experiences with hunting and it depends on what you're in it for and it's weird that like as i'm getting older you know, what's becoming more and more important to me is watching other people get as excited as I do about getting into the outdoors and experiencing wildlife and and being part of wildlife. You know what I mean? Not not just kind of like watching it from afar, but like actually like taking part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you do harvest, right, you are becoming part of that circle of life that, that it inevitably is going to occur for everything in the timber at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's only a few places where you can go where there's, you know, real apex predators that are at the top of the food chain that really, you know, famine, disease, you know, old age or hard winter or whatever might take them, but there's nothing there that's going to eat them. You know what I mean? Like a grizzly bear, for example, mm-hmm. it's like, that's the, they're the king. Unless a human takes them, it's going to be something of natural causes that takes them. It's likely not going to be a predator. Maybe it's a bear fight, you know, maybe yeah. that might happen, but, um, you know, so it's not necessarily about the, the kill. You know, yeah. it's, it's about it's, everything else it's about, absolutely not about that. Yeah, it's everything else surrounding that really is the the important piece. So that's cool, man, that you that that dawned on you. You know, have you talked to anyone about about that necessarily, or is that something you kind of keep near near and dear to a degree? No, because that's I didn't share it with you know you guys, right? You know, yeah, that's just kind of something that I picked up, right? So the million dollar question is. You know, do you think this is something you would like to continue to do? Like, is this like, is this like the first hunt of, of hunts to come for you? Do you think, or do you think this is a, a one-time deal or is there, are there some other like species, some other types of hunts you want to try or, you know, what's, what's, what's the next steps for, you know, Steuben, <laughs> <laughs> Steuben Reynolds. All right. Just to let you know that that's from a text message about a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> But, but that's going to be like my undercover name now for everything. It's like just Steuben Reynolds. It's, it's going to become name. a thing. It's a great name. It makes me think of Burt Reynolds, actually. That on the fly. That, uh, was, that was good. You're creative. I can tell. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, so hunting, is this a, is this a one-time deal or are there some other types of hunts you want to try? And is, is turkey hunting something you want to try again? You know, or what's, you know, what's Steuben up to after this and to, for as far as hunting goes? Um, no, this is definitely not it. Cool. It was, um, it was, it was, it was, was, I I had an amazing time. Awesome. Yeah. It was, I mean, from start to finish, from, (laughs) from, from piss to, (laughs) right. Uh, yeah, I, it was, um, I mean, I, I just, every moment, like I really just 
try to take in and just I really just appreciated what you know what you guys did for me and it was um I, I, I had a blast just from start to finish. I mean what I'd I'd love to explore um you know goose. Yeah that's um, we'll do that this winter for sure. I'd love to I'd love to do turkey again. Um you know and, and I'd even like to try deer. So yeah. Um yeah deer hunting something like I I definitely want to like we're definitely going goose hunting this winter. That's like like book that that that's definitely happening goose and duck um i'd love to get you out the deer hunt too you know it's one of those things where i think you would really enjoy bow hunting because i think you would i think you would actually enjoy the act of shooting a bow because it's it's very i find it very therapeutic um but to start out you know you know it would be great you know i got you know that first monday of buck season that comes in here in pennsylvania it's like it could definitely take you to the the family farm and you know and kind of have a, an easier introduction to it to a degree you know because there's a couple good good spots for rifle season where you're pretty much guaranteed to see deer every year um you know so we could definitely think about taking you to do something like that and that's one of those things where there's a bunch of a bunch of old timers that hang out at camp and they play yeah. cards and they get away from their wives for a weekend and they cut loose and it's like you're like hey why don't you act like that like all the time <laughs> around my mother-in-law oh that's because she would disown you <laughs> but no it's it's a good bunch it's a good bunch of guys some some old timers they're fun to hang out with um so we'll see about trying to make uh trying to make that happen too man because i think the other parts that you'll really enjoy once you have your first harvest is there's nothing like providing that, you know, the cleanest p- protein possible for your family, you know, and knowing that whenever you're making it, that like you provided that, yeah, you know, and that you know where it came from. Yeah. It's not and full you, of hormones. Like reliving and it's like, the story. Oh man. Yeah. You're reliving it and you're giving thanks to that animal every time you cook it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the part. It's like, there's not a time that, you know, I'm sitting here looking at this deer skull that I had the beetles work on, you know, of the buck that I killed this year. And every time we cook, you know, venison burgers or mm-hmm. whatever the case might be with it, you know, I relive that moment with that deer, you know, and then I give thanks for him for, you know, making the ultimate sacrifice for me to have, you know, provide that nourishment for my family, you know, so it's um, something we don't take lightly. And I'm, I'm super stoked for the moment that you get to uh, experience that. That's going to be, it's going to be rad. Yeah. Thank so. you. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming over to do this, having a couple beverages talking talking the hunting and uh i'm looking forward to getting you back out man big time all right folks that is a wrap for today's show we'd like to thank trevor for joining i have to say i'm super proud of my buddy for uh having an open mind and and, and being open to new ideas and, and trying hunting for the first time it's uh, you know i think it's this type of approach and you know the communication that kind of comes along with that type of approach that will help us preserve or continue to preserve hunting and make uh, better inroads with you know the larger non-hunting uh, non-hunting public. Uh, we'd of course like to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And if you haven't yet, uh, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And before we shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible: Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Trophy Ridge, Ozonics, Obsession Bows, Tecamani Seed. Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. Until next time, we'll see y'all. Long time coming if it all It takes a special knowing to call a fall Damaged heads, broken letters Nationalized
gang the new truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on youtube below any of the truth from the stand videos i've got some new hats beanies t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro dosing adversity so head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code truth t-r-u-t-h and save yourself some cash on the new gear On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. <laughs> 